Today's message is going to continue on this theme of prayer that we started uh, a little while ago and we talked about establishing a prayer life last week. And today's message will be, I want my prayers to be more than wishful thinking. We find ourselves in James chapter 5. Please flip there. James 5. James 5, verse 13 is our starting verse. We'll read through verse 18. It says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for, the, uh, pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Amen. At the beginning, I said this. If we were honest with ourselves, that if we prayed without any doubt, I think our lives would look radically different. And there is an element of prayer that in many ways, I think for a lot of us, is connected with wishful thinking. But let me remind you of what I talked about last week in these six dimensions of prayer. And we talked about prayer as praise or prophetic declaration, petition, intercession, meditation, and reflection. And, and I encouraged you to mechanically at first go through this. Remember when you were learning how to, to write letters and you traced the dots? And my son is doing that right now and he actually does that. He, he has this, dad, just follow the dots, right? Just follow the dots. And this is how they learn how to write letters. And in that same way, I want this to be the dots for you. I want you to get your prayer pencil out and just kind of draw over. You're not really writing it. You're just kind of drawing lines. You don't really know that they're letters just yet. And as you trace these dots and as you get used to it, you begin now to formulate an identity and a personality and an essence and a spirit around your prayer life. And hopefully this gets more comfortable. And as an adult, I guarantee you, you don't trace over dots when you write a letter to somebody. Because you've learned this through the years of grade school. And you graduate from the the rote things. You graduate from the, the mechanics and you go into the spirit of knowledge. Hopefully this will be that for you. Hopefully you took that sermon card last week. And in your prayer life, whether you prayed just one time this week. You took those six dimensions and you wrote out two sentences each for for them. And you just read that before the Lord in faith. If you fail to do that, would you do that? The next time you pray, take these and just try to write out two sentences per dimension and bring that in faith before the Lord. As we do this regularly, I believe that our prayer lives would have a firmer foundation 
have a, a great voice to it, and we would be able to pray this with confidence. And so I encourage you to do that. But we come to our text today, and I want to talk about prayer and faith, or prayer and doubt, if you want to take the flip side, the negative side to it. Because prayer in Scripture is coupled with the spirit of faith, a spirit of belief, of knowing that though I'm talking by myself in my closet, in my prayer room, in my car, wherever I am at, that I am speaking to God, that I'm speaking to a heavenly Father who is listening, I'm speaking to a Heavenly Father that cares, and I'm speaking to a Heavenly Father that will respond. Will. Whether it's in the affirmative, the negative, or the wait, He's responding. And I believe that as I voice out a prayer, and I lift up a praise, a declaration, a petition, or an intercession, as I lift this up, that God will respond to what I'm saying to Him. And that when I quiet my heart, that I can begin to listen to the things that God is saying to me. That He has a voice and He's speaking, whether actively or passively. Whether through audible voice or whether in silence. That God is speaking something to me and that I can hear that. That that is a stance of faith that I must have when I pray. Last week I mentioned this, that many people feel frustrated and discouraged in their prayer lives. Why? Because we feel a sense of guilt. That we're not praying as much as we want to, we're not praying as we should, or we're praying and we're not really getting anything out of it. And that guilt of not praying enough or not praying as I should leads to frustration. And it's odd that a person in his or her prayer life should feel discouraged in that place because prayer should be a place of life, vitality. But too often for the Christian, it's a place of deep frustration. What I want to say this week is that many people are unfulfilled and lost in their prayers because in a sense we pray with doubt. I don't think we pray with doubt, like intentionally, like, God, I really don't believe this, but I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to lift it up to you anyway. I don't think that's the motivation. I think we're praying and we're lifting it up before the Lord, but there's something in the back of my mind, and I'm just crossing my spiritual fingers, and I'm saying, please, could it happen? Will it happen? I don't know if it will happen. It's not going to happen. And we kind of get down that train and we're voicing it out and it doesn't start in doubt, but somehow doubt lingers in and we're just wishing for it to happen rather than believing that it will. Let me at least say what I will qualify as wishful thinking. Something we think is possible, but don't think will come true. Now, whatever that is, I believe I can be the first Asian president of the United States of America. I believe it, right? Now, it is possible, but I don't really think it's going to come true. I will start the next great tech company that will transform Silicon Valley and the entire world over. I will develop the next social media tycoon like Facebook. I believe it is possible. Uh, but I don't think it's going to come true. 
Let me get a little personal. I believe I can get married and meet the right person. Uh, Amen, yeah, Dina, right? But somehow, I don't know if it's going to come true. And a lot of our lives dwells in this realm of wishful thinking. It's possible, but if I really just kind of settle with it, I I don't know if it's going to come true. And I want our prayers to graduate from this, to move away from this, because too often... It stays here. I can be miraculously healed. But somehow I don't know if that's going to happen. I can be given a once in a lifetime opportunity. I can see a vision from God. I can hear God's voice. I can move a mountain or cause a storm to subside. But somehow... I just don't know if it's going to happen. The Bible says that I can move mountains if I have the faith of a mustard seed. Jesus raised his hands on a rocky boat in the midst of a stormy sea. And he said, be still. And the rain stopped and the wind subsided. And he spoke to the disciples in the boat as if they could do the exact same thing. Jesus comes walking on water to another group of disciples on a different occasion and he calls one out by the name of Peter and he actually walks out. But when he became afraid, he he sinks. We start in faith, but somehow doubt because of fear, uncertainty, not knowing, it creeps in and then suddenly faith evaporates and we begin to sink. From our passage today, I'm going to state a couple of things. The first is this. Prayer starts with my heart attitude. It says in verse 15 of our text, And the prayer offered in faith will restore. The prayer offered in faith. So not just the prayer offered, but the prayer offered and lifted up in faith will restore that sick person. And so prayer, it starts here on the inside with what I really believe. We've all said things that we don't believe. We've said it to our bosses, our friends, and the people around us. And we think one thing in our hearts, but another thing comes out of our mouths. What is true is what is on the inside. And in that same vein, our prayer, it it is almost inconsequential what is coming out of our mouth if it is not first birthed in our hearts. And so it is not the repetition or the choice of words that matters, but it is this fountain, the source of this water, of this faith, of this prayer that matters before the Lord. And so the prayer offered in faith will heal and restore a man that is sick, a man that is distraught. Prayer offered in faith. If you can go a few chapters earlier. Just flip to James chapter 1 for a quick second. James chapter 1, starting from verse 5, this is what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to you, to that person. But let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like a surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. 
being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now, I know that paints doubt in a very, very negative way, and we don't want to put ourselves there. But a lot of the times in my prayer life, I do find that I'm on the side of a, of a sickbed, and I'm praying for healing over somebody. But there's something in the back of my mind, and it changes my vocabulary. And this is what I say, Lord, if it be your will, would you heal? God, if you want to, and if this is your timing, would you do this? And I say that verbally to the person because they're listening to this prayer. And I word it in that way because it is my back door. It is the fine print. It is the asterisk that says you might not get healed. This might not be provided for you. So as I pray this, I just want you to know that don't be discouraged if it doesn't come to pass. It is that for me when I vocalize that type of prayer. Because something in the back says, I will pray for a healing, but I will word it in a way just in case this person does not get healed. It is possible, but it might not happen. And this becomes the stance and the spirit of how we pray too often. And James is saying, when you ask God for something, whether it be wisdom or something else, that when you pray, ask Him in faith without any doubting. Don't be like this boat without an anchor. Don't just float and be tossed by the waves and the wind. Have a firm root. Be stable. Don't let circumstances or currents dictate your prayers. Let it be rooted in the faithfulness of God, in the presence and, and personality and character of who He is. Start voicing on prayers to God as if He loves you. Start voicing on prayers to God as He will answer it. As He actually cares. When the Bible says of natural fathers, if a son will ask for a bread or a fish, will you give him a stone or a snake or a scorpion? No. And if natural fathers will do this for their natural sons, how much more will your heavenly Father give you good things? He is a faithful Father. There is no shifting of ways with Him. And every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. That I pray with a different stance. Just as we were getting ready for service today, I was in the office, praise team was there, getting a few things ready. Jacob comes in, right? and he was kind of messing around a little bit as we were praying. He had like cups, and he was just like putting them over his ear, like, I don't know what he was doing, right? And then he comes up to me, and he goes, Dad, and I'm, shh, right? We're, we're in the midst of pray. And he was trying to say something to me, and I just kind of shushed him as we were finishing up the prayer. And as we stopped, he says, Dad, I want bacon. I was like, like, it was so random. Like, what? I don't have any bacon right now. He goes, I want bacon, right? I said, um, I don't have any bacon, but we'll go to the market after, and I'll buy you some bacon. I mean, how random is that? But the, the heart in which he came to me was so simple. It was as if I could provide it, and I would provide it. That's why the Bible says that we must have faith like a child. 
A child coming to his or her natural father will come with a stance of faith. If you have children, we know this. They demand the weirdest things and they believe we can provide it. And we come before God and we say, God, can I have some bacon? And he's not like, well, that was random. It starts from here. In Matthew 18, Jesus said, If two of you agree on earth about anything, it shall be given to you by my Father in heaven. It starts with my heart attitude. The second thing I want to say is lifestyle matters. Verse 16 of our chapter 5. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that he may be healed. And it says this, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. The choices we make in our life How I live my faith before the Lord, that has a huge bearing on my prayer life. Not to say that I must be perfect, blameless, and holy. But there is a stance in my life that there is a desire that I have before the Lord. That when He sees me, He sees my heart and my condition. And the prayer offered with a heart that seeks to glorify and honor God, that that prayer can accomplish much. But I want us to know that righteousness in Scripture is given to us by Christ. That it is not by what I do. It is not by perfection. It is not by the actions of my life. That God does not accept me because I have checked all of the boxes, I have crossed all of the T's, and I have done everything right. Salvation's foundation is about our own guilt and weakness and shortcoming and about Christ's perfection and gift and substitution. That is the basis of my entire faith. And so I come before God and I'm accepted by Him and called His righteous child. Not because I am righteous, but because I have the righteous one. Because Christ is my Lord and Savior. He has redeemed me in my weakness and sin and made me perfect before Him in the midst of my imperfection. That is the basis of righteousness as a Christian. And when I look at this, we must not, oh man, I'm not righteous and so I better not even pray. I won't be able to accomplish anything with my prayer life because that, that adjective doesn't describe me. That the first stance is Christ has made me whole. And who I am before you, Lord, and everything that I try to do is only a response to grace, not a prerequisite of it. And so I come with a heart that is purified. And in my weakness, I desire to want to glorify. I desire to want to build my life in a way that glorifies Him. And that sanctification process growing in the righteousness of God. And as I pray in that lifestyle, in that place, that those prayers accomplish much. 
And thirdly, nothing is out of reach when praying in faith. Verse 17, Elijah. And he, James, emphasizes the fact that he was just a regular Joe, a regular person. Just like us. He had the same nature like us, this Elijah guy. And he prayed earnestly, it says, earnestly that it would not rain for three and a half years. Now, what kind of a prayer? <laughs> Someone prayed that for California, I think, you know, because that's kind of coming to pass. You know, I, we need some rain badly. We need the second half of Elijah's prayer. Send rain, O Lord, right? But he prayed earnestly before the Lord that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. It's recorded for us in 1 Kings. And then he prayed again. And this small cloud starts to form. And it sends rain. And it was because of a man's prayer. That God looks at the man, at the woman, and He sees faith in the heart. And sometimes the request seems absurd. Sometimes it seems normal. But many times, not so. But what God is looking at is the person, and He wants to grow that person's faith. There are times where I give Jacob things that I wouldn't naturally or give him right away, or I give it to Christopher, but I want to give it to him because I want him to know that Dad is listening, that I heard you. And I wasn't thinking about giving this to you right now. I wasn't thinking about going here next week. But we'll go there. Because you asked. And I want you to know that I'm involved in your life and that I'm actually listening, that my ear is turned towards you. And I believe God acts that way towards us. That we have requests that we make before God and He listens to us because He wants us to know that He is listening. And He's growing our faith, cultivating our relationship. To pray in faith that nothing is out of reach for that person. That if God will listen to a man who asks for it to stop raining, what will he not listen to for the child of God that seeks to honor him? That what request can I bring before him where God says, you shouldn't be praying that? To pray in faith, to lift it up before the Lord and say, God, I just bring this in faith and to go back, Lord, I'm just, I'm just asking for some random bacon right now. And just to know that God would listen to that and say, you know, okay, I'll, we'll swing by the market on the way home. Our prayer lives, I pray, would be transformed away from wishful thinking and into the realm where stuff is happening. Don't qualify your prayers with asterisks everywhere to kind of safeguard yourself from devastation that it might not happen. Just take a stance and just ask in faith, believing that it can come. Ask Him for your family, for your career, and for the different things that you desire. Bring it before Him because He cares. He loves and He desires to give Good things. I was thinking about our children. And I started to put like a dollar amount 
on all of the toys that they have. Have you ever done this as a parent, right? I was just thinking about Legos for a second. I mean, our, our kids went through this entire Lego phase, and a box of Legos that big cost $25, right? And these kids not only got, you know that big Lego head, like little storage bin? They got one of those, and they got other bags full of broken pieces of Lego, right? And I was just doing the math on this thing. I think it's like a few thousand dollars worth of Legos in, in, in the house right now, right? I just kind of monetized it for a second. I kind of feel like, wow, that's, that's absurd. That's like a waste of money. We could have bought something else with this, right? But in that moment, I'm not calculating the money. And of course, the kids, it wasn't all from us. They got a lot of gifts from different people, of course. And these kids that are asking their parents or people for stuff, it's just simple. It's just, I feel like I want it where I need it. And they ask for it. In that same vein, just with that simple faith, God, I'm asking for this. And I just bring it, Lord, you can do it. You can give it. And don't qualify it. Just bring that petition and put a period at the end of it. And say, God, this is what I need. This is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I'm asking you to come through on. And stop it right there. Because that will lead me to the first of my application points. Pray as a first resort. Just pray. Just bring it. And let God sort it out. Right? Just ask it. Stop. And let God answer it as He would. If He says in the affirmative, thank you. If He says in the negative, all right, live with it. But just pray as a first resort. Pray and just pray and just pray. Just lift it up. Say, God, you are a good God. And I know you give good gifts to your children. I am a child of yours. I'm asking for this gift. I can't get it on my own. And that will lead me to the second. Do what you can and pray for what you can't. May your hands be active. May your feet move. May your heart and your mind think. May you start creating and crafting plans in the realm of what is possible to you. What you can do, where your hands can reach, where your feet can travel, where your mind can think. Do those things. Be active. Be diligent. Be intentional. But there are places that our hands cannot go. My hands physically cannot move a mountain. I cannot physically cause rain to stop. I cannot make my boss do this. And so I pray for what I can't. I do everything that I naturally can do in the space where I need the impossible to happen. I just pray in faith. I say, God, I can't do this. I can't go that far. And so this is what I'm bringing. Lord, my, my promise to you is I will do everything that I can do. I will be diligent. I will get up. I will try and I will try again. But Lord, what I'm saying and what I'm asking is, Father, I can't get there. Would you bring me there? Would you bring this to me? God, I can't open that door. All I can do is wait for it to get open. And when it does, I'll walk through but I need you to first open it. And so there are personal responsibilities and there are ones where we're asking God to come through. And as a final point, as our praise team comes back, 
let me say this. Memorize Scripture. Why do I say that? Romans chapter 10, verse 13, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, or the Word of Christ. That when I hear Scripture, when I know God's Word, faith comes into heart. When I know God has said it, and I believe in His character, something happens in my heart. And when I memorize Scripture and I pray Scripture, I pray the promises of God. God, in Your Word, it says this. God, You have promised this to Your children. God, this is what it says in this verse. You know what that's doing? That's exactly what our boys do to us. Dad, do you remember when you said this? And they literally bring the past promise and they bring it. And they say, Dad, you said we would go here. And oh God. And it handcuffs me, right? It's like, okay, I said it. Well, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, right? And it's usually on the lines of going to Target or going swimming or doing something like that. You said we can go. You said we would go. And it's that same way. God, do you remember when you said? The Bible is the Word of God, and He has said it. And He promises things to His children. And so when I commit myself to memorizing Scripture and knowing the promises of God contained in this Word for us, and we bring it in our prayers and we say, God, Your Word says this. I'm asking for this. And we're not trying to twist the arm of God and manipulate Him. All we are is saying, God, this is what You have promised. And this is what I bring. Because I believe the promise. And so I claim the promise. When we come with this heart of simplicity and faith, it transforms how we speak to Him. We're not commanding Him to say, God, do this. We're saying, God, You promised You will do this. Do this. It's a humble yet confident stance. And I pray that we can pray this way. I encourage you to pray this way. Go through those dimensions. Lift up your worship, your declaration, your petition, your intercession. Start meditating and hearing from God and reflect on the inside and allow your prayers to be transformed. Amen?